Welcome to the University of Calgary's DCNS podcast series, bringing the clinical neurosciences to primary care. My name is Tyson Brust, a senior neurology resident at the University of Calgary and your host for today's podcast. For show notes, disclosures, and references, please visit our website at www.dcnspodcasts.com. In the last podcast, we discussed migraine diagnosis and principles of acute migraine management. Today, we are going to discuss the principles of migraine prophylaxis, including indications for prophylaxis and specific prophylactic therapies. In addition, we will discuss medication overuse headaches. Back with us today is Dr. Werner Becker, Professor of Neurology at the University of Calgary and a Fellow of the American Headache Society. Dr. Becker is also the senior author of the Canadian Headache Society Guidelines for Acute Migraine Treatment and for Prophylactic Migraine Treatment. To see this publication, please go to www.headachenetwork.ca and check the Publications tab. So thank you for participating with us again, Dr. Becker. You're welcome, Tyson. It's a pleasure to be here. Let me begin by presenting a case. A 32-year-old woman with a history of childhood-onset migraine with visual aura presents to your office with a worsening in the frequency of her migraine headaches after pregnancy. Previously, she had been having approximately one migraine per month, and these headaches were aborted with one dose of oral sumatriptan, 100 milligrams. At the time of her current visit, the frequency of her events has gradually increased to three or four events per week, and this has been worsening over the past six months. She is using a combination of ibuprofen 400 to 800 milligrams and sumatriptan 100 milligram tablets, sometimes requiring more than one dose. And she reports that the effectiveness of these abortive therapies has been decreasing with time. So I'll ask you, Dr. Becker, how would you approach this patient? Well, first of all, she's having quite frequent migraine attacks. So she is uh, at risk for medication overuse headache. From the information you've provided, she probably has medication overuse and the exact and her exact acute medication intake needs to be explored. The magic numbers for medication overuse are 10 and 15. If patients with migraine are taking triptans, ergots, uh, and co or combination analgesics, including those with codeine, on 10 days a month or more, they are at risk for developing a more frequent headache and medication overuse headache. Similarly, if they're taking NSAIDs or plain acetaminophen on 15 days a month or more, they are also likewise vulnerable. If patients are medication overusers, their migraine is unlikely, unlikely to improve unless their medication overuse is addressed and stopped. Another important facet of her migraine management at this stage is to explore lifestyle factors and exposure to specific migraine triggers that might be involved in causing her high migraine frequency. Important lifestyle factors which may exacerbate migraine are irregular meals or skipped meals, irregular sleep or too little sleep, a stressful lifestyle, excessive caffeine consumption, lack of exercise, and obesity. Specific triggers are unique to each patient, but common ones are uh, weather changes, 
alcohol use and some food additives, including nitrites in processed meats and, and MSG, or monosodium glutamate. Upon further questioning, the patient tells you that she has been using sumatriptan about 15 days per month over the past month, and that she has been using ibuprofen several days more than that meeting the criteria for medication overuse headache. So how would you manage this patient's medication overuse headache? Withdrawal of the overused medication should be attempted in all patients uh, at least once. Uh, and they must stop their overuse for at least two months uh, or more uh, to learn whether they will benefit. Uh, once the patient is motivated, uh, withdrawal can usually be accomplished as an outpatient. For our patient who is overusing a triptan and an NSAID, uh, medication, overuse, medication overuse is usually stopped abruptly. The same is true for patients overusing acetaminophen and ergotamines. Uh, for patients who are overusing uh, larger amounts of codeine, for example over 100 milligrams a day, or who are overusing other opiates or barbiturate containing medications, a tapered uh, withdrawal is best but the patients should record their medication overuse on a headache uh, diary to ensure that they're meeting uh, withdrawal targets. A suitable diary sheet for this can be downloaded from headachenetwork.ca. There are five main components of a successful medication withdrawal program. The first and perhaps the most important one is patient education. The patient must understand that uh, the medication overuse may be a perpetuating factor of their headaches and it may have made their headaches worse and be motivated uh, to uh, come off the overused medications. Once you have the patient's commitment, of course, the overused medication has to be stopped, otherwise there's really no hope of improvement. Now, you need to provide an effective acute medication uh, for the patient uh, for their more severe attacks that may happen uh, during the withdrawal period and afterwards. The patient needs to be started on a prophylactic medication in most instances, and finally the patient will need support and follow-up uh, during, with, during the withdrawal period because their headaches may well become worse for uh, several days or even a week or two before they start to improve. Choosing an acute medication for the patient uh, during withdrawal can be difficult as it should be something different from the overused medication. If the patient is overusing a combination analgesics or NSAIDs, for example, a tryptin is often a good uh, new acute medication for them but again, there must be strict limitations on frequency of use. If triptans are being overused, then a dihydrogotamine is an option as a new acute medication. One can keep the patient off all acute medications for a time uh, during withdrawal, but this may make things uh, quite difficult for the patient. Bridging medications can also be used at the start of medication withdrawal to make things easier for the patient. These include uh, things like a short course of steroids, uh, the use of dihydrogotamine, uh, twice a day for up to a week, and then less frequently after that, or even daily NSAID use for a week or two while the patient is withdrawing, for example, if the patient is withdrawing from uh, combination analgesics or triptans. As I mentioned, it is also usually advisable to start the patient on a prophylactic medication uh, when medication withdrawal is started, or even before if uh, medication withdrawal is going to be delayed uh, for any reason. One can perhaps best uh, paraphrase this by saying that uh, <clears throat> patients who have recurrent migraine attacks that are causing significant disability 
despite optimal uh, acute therapy, uh, should be considered for migraine prophylaxis. Another important consideration is if uh, is the patient where the frequency of acute medication use is approaching levels that place the patient at risk for medication overuse headache. Uh, these patients need a reduction in their headache frequency so that their acute medication use won't get them in trouble. There are some unusual circumstances, for example, where uh, recurrent attacks with prolonged aura uh, are occurring, um, perhaps patients with hemiplegic migraine, uh, where you might consider prophylaxis even at very low headache frequencies. If the patient has contraindica contraindications to acute migraine medications, and this is making a therapy of their acute attacks difficult, again, it's time to think about prophylaxis uh, as being, uh, being helpful in those patients. So what are the, the specific goals uh, when initiating a migraine prophylactic therapy? Uh, with current prophylactic drugs, it's unusual to have uh, the headaches eliminated uh, completely or even almost completely. In general, we consider a, a reduction in, in attack frequency of 50% or more as being uh, worthwhile, and most patients will agree with that. There are even some patients with difficult migraine who have lesser reductions of headache frequency who find that uh, prophylaxis is still worthwhile for them. Uh, some patients will also uh, describe that prophylactic therapy makes their uh, migraine attacks more uh, responsive to acute medications. This has been difficult to prove in clinical trials, but nevertheless seems to be a fairly common patient observation. So how do you go about choosing a specific migraine preventive medication for a particular patient? And how do you counsel patients prior to initiating migraine prophylactic therapy? I'll start with your last question first. Uh, that is, what should you tell the patient when you're about to start prophylactic therapy? Patient education is very important in this context, and patients need to understand uh, a few things. Uh, first of all, they need to understand the, use, the, the need for uh, taking their medication daily, otherwise their prophylactic will not be effective. They need to understand that they will have to try the medication for at least two months, and preferably somewhat longer, to see what the medication will do for them. The only reason for stopping it sooner would be if the patient develops intolerable side effects. And finally, they need to understand that uh, the prophylactic medication will likely not eradicate their headaches completely, but that we're looking for a reduction in migraine frequency. It is usually best to have the patient keep diaries to document the reduction in migraine frequency, as if patients have a reduction in frequency of perhaps uh, 50 or 60 percent, uh, they may still be uh, discouraged because uh, they still have a fairly frequent remaining attacks. Uh, when we choose a, a prophylactic drug for a patient with migraine, we're usually considering uh, what potential side effects the medication might have and also the evidence for efficacy for any particular drug. One also needs to consider what uh, coexisting uh, psychiatric and medical conditions the patient might have, uh, both in terms of whether uh, the prophylactic drug you choose will benefit that condition as well, or whether that uh, other condition might contraindicate uh, certain prophylactic drugs. For example, in patients with a history of depression, you wouldn't want to use flunarazine. On the other hand, if patients do have uh, Hypertension, a number of the uh, migraine prophylactic drugs will also treat hypertension. For most medications that we use for migraine prophylaxis, we do start with a low dose and gradually build up over several weeks in an, in an attempt to avoid uh, side effects. And that's an important principle to bear in mind, for example, for medications like topiramate or amitriptyline. 
with amitriptyline, for example, we usually start with 10 milligrams at bedtime or an hour or two before bedtime and increase that by that dose by 10 milligrams every week until we get to a, an effective prophylactic dose, which usually is somewhere between 30 and 50 milligrams, but occasionally much higher in patients who are, active, who have, who are fast metabolizers of amitriptyline. Uh, we, we, we can now discuss uh, clinical scenarios where you might consider a specific class of prophylactic medications. In the patient who uh, is receiving a migraine prophylaxis for the first time, we usually consider a beta blocker like propranolol, natalol, or metoprolol, or a tricyclic medication like amitriptyline or nortriptyline. Which one you choose would depend upon the patient's uh, coexisting problems. For example, if the patient has major insomnia, you might want to choose a tricyclic as opposed to a beta blocker. If the patient has asthma, of course, you would not choose a beta blocker, but the tricyclic would still be an option. Uh, the evidence for migraine prophylaxis lies uh, primarily with amitriptyline uh, in the tricyclic class, and although nortriptyline is widely used because it generally has fewer side effects, one has to recognize that uh, there is no uh, good randomized controlled trial evidence for nortriptyline eff efficacy we generally infer that it's effective because of its close relationship to amitriptyline. For patients who are very much concerned about drug side effects or who have a past record of a lot of drug side effects, there are some options that you can try with these patients, although these really aren't a, a substitute necessarily for the medications that I've just mentioned. Uh, there are several uh, mineral and uh, vitamin preparations which have been proven useful in migraine prophylaxis. These include uh, magnesium, often best given as magnesium citrate because of better absorption, and the target dose there generally is 250 or 300 milligrams twice a day. Riboflavin is also an option, but you need quite a high dose of this uh, vitamin for migraine prophylaxis, and the, uh, the dose used in clinical trials was 400 milligrams a day. Uh, additional options include uh, butterbur, uh, 75 milligrams twice a day, uh, which is a herbal option. Finally, there are some uh, medications which generally have a few side effects, which have uh, proven effective at migraine prophylaxis, and the main one here is, is candesartan. They usually started at eight milligrams a day and built up to 16 milligrams once a day. For patients who uh, are significantly overweight, you might consider topiramate as a migraine prophylactic drug, as it is uh, the only prophylactic drug that has been shown to promote weight loss. It is uh, quite an effective migraine prophylactic drug, and uh, some uh, Hague specialists even consider it first line, but it does have significant side effects. So uh, we have not put this in the first line category, but uh, are suggesting this medication for patients who perhaps are uh, refractory to first line medications. Unless the patient is overweight and you feel topiramate might be especially helpful for that patient uh, with regard to uh, weight loss. If patients have coexisting hypertension, then uh, beta blockers. Uh, candesartan and candesartan are obviously uh, good choices. If the patient has anxiety or depression, a tricyclic might be helpful in terms of both migraine prophylaxis and the treatment for the, uh, the mood disorder. Uh, but uh, many patients, in fact, do uh, uh, require dual therapy if they have both migraine and significant depression with uh, different drugs for each disorder. It's worth mentioning here that uh, SSRIs, are not generally considered uh, good migraine prophylactics, and in fact, there's very little evidence for their efficacy in contrast to the tricyclic antidepressants. 
In fact, in some patients, SSRIs, especially in higher doses, may make migraine more frequent. There are a number of other prophylactic options for patients. Medications that have been shown to be effective in a migraine prophylaxis include the divalproic sodium, pisotifin, I've mentioned fludarazine already, and the verapamil is also used, although the evidence for verapamil effectiveness is, is quite minimal. During pregnancy, of course, prophylactic medications are best avoided if possible. Uh, when they are considered necessary, uh, magnesium is considered safe, and among the drugs, uh, propranolol, metoprolol, and amitriptyline are also considered relatively safe options. Uh, during lactation, again, magnesium and propranolol and amitriptyline are considered uh, safe options, but again, drugs should be avoided if possible. So thanks for that summary, uh, Dr. Becker. Now let's consider the situation where an adequate trial of a prophylactic preventive medication has been tried, let's say for at least uh, two months, and uh, multiple, let's say multiple different medications have been, adequate trials have been, have been done and the patient is still failing. Uh, what are some, what are your strategies in that case? In a patient who's uh, proving refractory to prophylactic therapy, you need to, you need to consider several factors. Uh, one is whether your diagnosis is correct. Um, another is whether in fact the patient may have medication overuse, and this is a factor which has been overlooked. Uh, finally, one can combine prophylactic drugs and for example use a beta blocker and a tricyclic medication together. There isn't much uh, randomized control trial evidence to support that approach, but it is utilized from time to time. It's also important to consider uh, behavioral therapies in this instance, and in fact, they might well be considered sooner in the patient's course if resources are available for them. There might be significant lifestyle factors that are exacerbating the patient's headache which haven't been addressed. Um, and an important one in this context is stress, and, and stress is the migraine trigger that is uh, most often cited by patients as a, an exacerbating factor for their migraine. Uh, the headaches seem to occur especially uh, after the stress is, uh, is over during the letdown period. At this point then one might consider whether the patient might benefit from uh, relaxation training or cognitive behavioral therapy and that includes uh, learning better stress management uh, strategies. Uh, biofeedback has also been shown to be useful but that is not as generally available as, uh, uh, as we would like for our patients. Things like acupuncture have been studied in uh, and migraine prophylaxis, and acupuncture has quite consistently shown in studies that it does reduce headache frequency. The interesting thing is that uh, where, where these have been controlled studies with a sham acupuncture control, the sham acupuncture has generally worked as well as the acupuncture therapy itself, uh, where these have both, where both groups have been compared to a, a weightless control group. Uh, so there are options for patients who are having difficulty despite prophylactic medication. And this often does involve uh, a careful uh, review of, uh, of lifestyle factors and, and particularly uh, stressful uh, factors in the patient's life. So uh, to conclude this podcast, I'd just like to ask you uh, one more question, Dr. Becker. Uh, when would it be appropriate for the primary care physician to refer to a headache specialist? Well, that's not an easy question to answer. Uh, when to refer uh, depends in part upon how familiar the primary care physician is with uh, headache management. In general, a referral is appropriate if the diagnosis is in doubt, 
or if the patient is not responding to the primary care physician's uh, management after a, a time period, uh, perhaps uh, four to six months. The more refractory migraine patients are generally those with chronic migraine, that is, patients with migraine and headache on more than 14 days a month. For these patients, there are some additional prophylactic options available, in particular onobotulinum toxin A. Thank you, Dr. Becker. That's a perfect segue uh, because next week's topic is going to be about chronic migraine. Thank you. That, that concludes uh, today's podcast on uh, migraine prophylaxis. Thanks for being with us again, Dr. Becker. Thank you for listening.